Truth News Network. A lone voice cries out in the night for an end to the lies, for an end to the deceptions, for an end to the corruption, for an end to the cancel culture that destroys wantonly all that oppose it. Where do you find that voice? (laughs) Right here. His name is Dan Newman. Yep, Pete Moss just growling there. Yeah, his name is Dan Newman. Good morning, folks. I am that guy. I'm Dan Newman, and welcome to TNN Live. I probably don't need to remind you, TNN Live is a production of Truth News Network, and you can get all of our stories and content and good stuff and also links to our past shows at TNN Live. You can get them at www. Dot truthnewsnet.org. And we encourage you to go there. Make it one of your go-to resources. And hundreds of thousands of you do that already. And I want to say thank you. Thanks for coming aboard. Well, what in the heck is going on in the world today? <laughs> That's the big question we face every day. Let's see what we have. We have this little thing going on in Eastern Europe. Uh, it's called a war. A war between Russia And Ukraine, as Russia decided, it wanted Ukraine. So, hey, you want something? You just go take it, right? That's what Vladimir Putin is still trying to do 34 days into his invasion that he thought would be over in hours. It's not over in a month plus. Some news popped out yesterday. It looked like Russia was going to withdraw some of its troops. And then we found out, nope, that's not what's going on. They're going to retool. So some of Russia's soldiers took off and went to Belarus, and others went into Russia to kind of retool and get set to go again. They're far from being done there. What else is on the topics that we're going to reach on today? Well, we're going to hear from Sky News regarding this brand new debacle for Joe Biden. And it's really not brand new, but it's kind of been quashed by the mainstream media. Not kinda. This whole thing popped out back right before the election in 2020. And you remember the president, he just poopot it. We'll hear from him in just a few minutes about that. And then we're going to have an analysis to tell you exactly what's going on regarding this laptop. And folks, It is serious. It's really serious. Um, As a matter of fact, it it contains a lot of emails, several thousand. We captured over 600 of the emails taken from that laptop that uh, we have in our possession. We're going to peruse them today. Tomorrow, we are going to post a link on our story that will go live tomorrow morning. We're going to post a link so you can go see any or all of those 600-plus emails that we captured from his laptop. But what's the big news right now today? Well, earlier this morning, Fox and Friends this morning had a former uh, immigration chief. I'm not sure if he was the head of Border Patrol or what he his official title was, but he is analyzing where we are right now today. And folks, where we are today, right now, regarding our southern border and illegal immigration it ain't good. Listen in. 
Border Patrol has already encountered over 800,000 migrants so far this fiscal year since October. But officials are warning of a major milestone in the days ahead. I'm going to be hitting some record numbers myself. Uh, probably in the next two or three days, we'll hit over a million uh, encounters or apprehensions along the southwest border. The surge is forcing agents to release a large amount of migrants into the United States. And our next guest formerly served as the Border Patrol Chief in El Paso and Tucson. His name is Victor Manjares, Jr., and he joins us now to discuss it. Good morning to you, Victor. Good morning. Good morning. How soon do you think we'll see the numbers? When will we hit a million? Well, we've already probably hit a million uh, uh, arrests along the southwest border, and just, uh, they're waiting for the end of the month to be able to calculate those numbers. And so we expect that probably within the first two weeks of April, where those numbers officially come out, and it certainly will be over a million. Oh my gosh, what are you expecting for the entire fiscal year? What number will we see? Well, you, you know, uh, most people were talking uh, uh, just under uh, under two million, but I think it's going to be further than that. I think it's we're going to be hitting around 2.5, anywhere from between 2.5 and 2.7 million for the year. Because what we're forgetting is that the only tool left in a toolbox for the Border Patrol mm -hmm. is Title 42, mm -hmm. and that's the, the discussion is about ending that relatively soon. Once that happens, the floodgates will open like we've never seen before. What is your biggest concern about having such an influx move into our country? Well, when you look at just a, at a million people, I mean, if you put them in one spot, that's the same population of San Jose, California. And if, if we're looking at two to two and a half million, that, that in itself would be about the fourth largest city in the United States. And those are the people that we've arrested or it's been arrested. Because when you have sheer numbers uh, of that magnitude, you, you have to collapse your operations. So there's areas along the southwest border that's certainly not being patrolled to the highest levels that, that need to be. And so, you know, what is it we're missing? We just do not know what we're missing. That is my biggest fear is what's out there that we never get our hands on, we never get our eyes on, and it's coming somewhere into the interior of the United States. That's the scary thought. You know, and Joe Biden hasn't even reached his halfway point of his presidency. What can you expect throughout the next, we have, what, two and a half more years at least with him? Well, this number is going to continue if, if it's, it's the idea of perception, right? When, the, when you start looking at these numbers, we started climbing. It was February of last year. And that we had a, a third highest number of, of arrests last year in CBP. And quite honestly, that was just from February to October. It didn't include the first five months. And it, uh, the problem is it's, it's messaging is, is the biggest thing. The second one is there a lack of, of a consequence for legal entry. Where they're treating everyone as a political asylee when the fact of the matter is the vast majority of economic migrants. And it's creating a big problem along our southwest border of the United States. It's a real problem, folks, and this administration is not even dealing with it. Well, technically, on the surface, they're not, but they really are. How are they dealing with it? They're not dealing with it. That's how they're dealing with it. They're doing absolutely nothing. Folks, this is changing the identity of the United States of America. Now, am I a xenophobe because I said that? No. What I meant was actually, factually, what's going on. It's changing the identity of the United States of America. Folks, everything starts at the top. What is at the top of the heap in all of this illegal migration? It's the President of the United States who has abdicated his responsibility that he 
swore an oath to do, which is to uphold the laws of the land that are either I uh, absolutely identified in the U.S. Constitution or they are a product of legislation that is constitutionally created by only one source. That source is the Congress of the United States. It's not one man. This one man is allowing the entire nation's face to change, and it's changing illegally. We've gotten into a place in this country, folks, where it's okay to break laws. It's okay to forget about laws and just ignore them. And in the context of the lawlessness, the crime, the rampant escalation of everything to do that is anti-government, anti-law, it's incredible. And it looks like every day that it's becoming an unstoppable monster. It's going to take a major course correction for us to get our arms back around this thing. Now, there are a lot of people, there are millions of people out there that have swallowed the pill of, you know, criminality, law enforcement, all those kind of things. We just need to ignore them, forget about them. And as far as the police are concerned, oh my gosh, we heard those cries of defund the police, defund the police. Folks, that that didn't just happen when George Floyd was murdered. That's not where it started. It had been brewing for years and years and years. There is no question in our law enforcement, just because there are humans involved in it, there are going to be problems. Where and in what institution in the United States can you say there is no problems? What are the problems? People. People create problems. People create issues. Many times they're unnecessary. They're unwarranted. But nevertheless, human nature is flawed. We all make bad choices from time to time. Nobody gets a free pass. Sometimes that turns into breaking laws. Our forefathers knew that this country was filled and would continue to grow and be filled with more humans, with humans, with the presence of people in this nation, there is a huge necessity for law enforcement to make sure that everybody that's here, without exception, everyone that is here abides by the structure of our nation. Without laws, we don't have a nation. And we'll take it one step further without a law enforcement structure that enforces the laws, we don't have a nation. So what do you think the end game is of this administration in this regard? Why is Joe Biden not making criminal uh, response and law enforcement job number one? Oh, I mean, he gets up and says, we've got to, you know, give us more money, give us more money. His budget that he proposed for next year is full of law enforcement dollars, just like it was the previous year and the year before that. Nothing changes if nothing changes. It doesn't matter how much money you throw at anything in the United States. We just have grown to accept the fact that when we uh, when we put 
a billion into this entity and a billion into that entity to straighten things out and make sure everything's done, we automatically consider without even thinking about it, a third of that minimum is going to go in somebody's pocket. (laughs) It's real, folks. It's absolutely real. Have you followed the numbers of the graft and corruption in all of the government giveaways that we've seen over the last few years? A huge percentage of it is just illegally taken, and it's all taxpayer money, and it's gone forever. Do you know the the coronavirus pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic, when our government decided we're going to help the unemployed people, and they put in those extra unemployment insurance payments, a huge volume of that money went illegally to people, and some of it even ended up in China. Lawlessness is rampant in our nation, and it starts at the top. It starts at the top. Now, to that end, we have a president that has a bunch of baggage, and his baggage is being revealed a little at a time. It's interesting to watch how the mainstream media is reacting here. Remember, they propped him up. Oh my gosh, he is the second coming of Christ, Joe Biden. He's going to take us back to the promised land where we were when Barack was president. We've watched that now for over a year, but guess what? The luster on the Biden administration, the golden encasement that kept any wrong from happening in this administration. It's tarnished now. The media is tired of hiding it, covering up for Uncle Joe. And they're beginning to, uh, not not because they want to, very hesitantly, they're beginning to tell the stories that prove that Joe Biden is a lawless, inept, cognitive disabled human being that happens to be the president of the United States. Boy, does he have some baggage. My goodness, he's got baggage. He's always throughout his career. He's always, when he speaks in public, he gets all excited and he says something that is nothing close to the truth. He lies a lot. He grossly misrepresents things. We're watching it play out on the European stage when it was over there last week. And the whole world is watching this, and they're looking at the leader, supposed leader of the free world, who can't rule his own country. He can't follow or won't follow the rule of law in his own country. For the first time in my lifetime, well, maybe not, maybe since... 1980. That was the end of the Jimmy Carter administration. I think Biden is running a foot race against Jimmy Carter to see which one of them can be the worst president in U.S. history. And I got to be honest with you right now, it's looking pretty close. But I think Biden, because of media and because of the attention that everything gets that Jimmy Carter didn't deal with, I think Biden's winning the race as being the worst ever. And he just doubles and triples down on everything. In keeping with the Democrat marching point, which is never, never agree, 
that you've done anything wrong. Never admit that you've done anything wrong. Joe Biden is the perfect ploy for that. There's lots of stuff, bad stuff that's happened on his watch. He's never one time that I can think of ever said, I'm responsible for this. I, I made a bad choice. I made a bad decision. Folks, there's nothing wrong with making a bad choice. It happens to all of us. But they get worse when we try to hide them or we lie about them. And the evidence that we've lied is out there, especially in today's mainstream media. Everything we say, everything we do in front of a camera, everything is recorded somewhere and it's available in perpetuity. It can be found. Hunter Biden's laptop, which we're going to get into in just a minute. He took that laptop to that repair shop in Delaware. And he was thinking that, I'll just leave it there and it'll disappear. None of that stuff is ever going to show. Nothing could be further from the truth. There are several copies of the entire hard drive on that laptop. I know some someone who has a copy of that hard drive. The contents are damning to Joe Biden, damning to Hunter Biden, and reveal so many, so many things that justify and explain the massive wealth that Joe and Jill Biden have gotten together over the last 10 or 12 years. And it comes in large part from financial dealings through Hunter overseas. And every day it seems like more and more and more information comes out on that. Yesterday on Outnumbered, Outnumbered is that midday show on Fox Fox News Channel. The host of that show, and there are, I think, three people on in the studio, and then three more that are um, on Zoom-like videos that aren't sitting in the studio. But the group weighed in on what's about to happen. And leading the pack is the person that broke the Hunter Biden laptop story in the fall of 2020 before the election, Miranda Devine of the the New York Post. So we're going to spend a little time looking into this hard, uh, hard drive and the latest on the laptop thing. But let's start right here. Listen to what these people said about Hunter's laptop. I didn't write it, but I could have. Um, look, I, I think that's every single solitary, serious investigator, including your network and others who have looked at this, have said there's absolutely zero basis to the accusation that I acted any way inappropriately or that my son did. There's not been a scintilla of evidence pointed out that anything is wrong. So <laughs> these so, guys are amazing. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit, to suggest anything done was wrong. That, of course, is the president, and that was when he was running to be the president back in the fall of 2020. So what did Miranda Devine and others on Outnumbered, what did they have to say about what Joe Biden had to say and what's going on? Well, I mean, look, that's just another extraordinary um mistruth from uh, 
President Biden there. And he did that throughout the campaign. I mean, he pretended that he knew nothing about his son Hunter's overseas business dealings. And there is plenty of evidence on the laptop in Tony Bobolinsky's material and the material that Chuck uh, Grasley and Ron Johnson collected for their Senate investigation and are currently presenting to Congress. And I think they're going to be doing that on a regular basis to show links between Hunter Biden and communist China. And there is also evidence that Joe Biden financially benefited from Hunter Biden's grift and his brother Jim Biden's grift uh, with these countries, which are crucial to America's national security interests. And the a lack of curiosity from most of the media is uh, repellent and really corrupt. But I think the dam is about to burst. We have Hunter Biden mm. is uh, looking at indictments coming out of that grand jury in Delaware. And you see the New York Times and I believe the Washington Post are now sniffing around. They've admitted the laptop is real and they realize that this is a bombshell story. And the Wall Street Journal, Emily, reporting that this probe is advancing. They said that the grand jury that was mentioned by Miranda in Delaware heard testimony from witnesses. That's right, as well as their own investigation with additional witnesses. Um, it's important to state that what we don't know is how close they are to finishing. So we know it is progressing. We do not know if it's anywhere the, near the end or conclusion of the investigation. We do not know whether it will result in an indictment. What we do know is they are specifically looking into his tax consequences, his tax liability, criminal and civil, whether how he reclassified or classified his finances and also how he received money. Additionally, they are looking into his lobbying efforts and whether those comported with FARA our federal act here uh, that regulates whether you're a lobbyist and sort of some complications in there just dotting the the eyes here number one we know that his well-documented drug and alcohol addiction and his complicated history has been sort of proffered as a potential defense for anything that might come forth secondly he always seemed to insulate himself and use third parties in the lobbying realm so there might be some type of of perceived or actual insulation there but the bottom line is there's certainly not a scintilla of evidence there's certainly not nothing. In fact, there's so much I can't get all into it in the 20 seconds I have left. So in stark contrast to what the president's saying, in stark contrast to what Hunter Biden has said, which is he's confident everything will be above board and there's nothing to see here, we actually have heard quite the opposite coming out. And a quick final point, the million dollars he has paid, we don't know what the entire liability was. And that is That's true, true point. and unrelated from any actual liability. So whether I, I repay the government doesn't absolve me of my actual being on the hook for whether there was fraud or criminal element. And we don't know if that suffices or satiates the entire liability. An actual final point, he's also being investigated for that same shadiness with China. It's not just Ukraine. There's a whole lot here. There are so many things that point to the fact it is uncontroverted. There was wrongdoing. In the Biden family syndicate, there was wrongdoing. And it all had to do with money. Every bit of it had to do with money. Well, it's made a big, big, big noise up on Capitol Hill. And the Republicans, of course, they're in the minority in both houses of Congress. So getting real investigations started by congressional committees is basically impossible if you're not the party that is in the majority, which the Republicans are not. So what's going on now? Well, we have a couple of senators, Republican senators, who have been in this 
and they have been all over it doing investigations on their own. Senators Chuck Grassley of Iowa, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, on Monday, two days ago, they revealed they found and they verified a $100,000 direct payment from CEFC China Energy, which is a big energy company, and it's owned and operated by the Chinese Communist Party. A $100,000 direct payment to Hunter Biden back in 2004. What's the significance of that? Well, that was when Joe Biden happened to be the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. So while he was chairman, Grassley and Johnson alleged that Hunter, his son, was paid that $100,000 through a wire transfer to Wells Fargo, Fargo Clearing Services, and it was designated for further credit to Owasco, which is Hunter Biden's law firm. So Hunter's business dealings with this company, CEFC China Energy, are well documented. You may remember we talked about it here, Peter Schweitzer's book, Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. In that book, Schweitzer shows that this energy company paid Hunter nearly $6 million in 2017 alone. $6 million, folks. And that's all verified. Now, this company's no longer in operation, and it was led by a chairman and majority owner, Yi Jinming. Grassley, he said the transactions could show the extent to which the president might be, in Grassley's words, and almost certainly is, compromised by Hunter Biden's deep ties to a communist Chinese entity. What the heck does the son of a sitting senator in the United States that happens now to be a president, what does that son, what gives him a free pass to do business? And I'm not talking about, hey, I want to clean your uh, your offices. I got a little janitorial company. Nothing like that, folks. Nothing like that. Millions of dollars paid by this energy company to Hunter Biden. Bank records, like this piece of evidence, are pretty hard to deny and sweep under the rug. This is Grassley talking. Our reports were chock full of irrefutable evidence like this. And yet the media buried the details in an attempt to keep it hidden from the American people. He also grassly accused Hunter and James Biden, Joe's brother, of coming up with a scheme to profit from Joe's position in the government at that time, Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman. Hunter and James Biden served as the perfect vehicle by which the communist Chinese government could get inroads into here in the United States, our government through CEFC, that company, Grassley, he kept going. He said, and, and these inroads were focused on China's advancement into the global and U.S. energy sector. Hunter and James were happy to go along for the right price. And boy, the right price was million, $17 million. Johnson and Grassley, folks, they have all of this data, this information. 
these communications. It implicates the President of the United States. Now, what about our President? What about Hunter's laptop? You heard what he had to say in that audio soundbite that we played. He was being interviewed before the 2020 election, and he said very plainly, chuckling, it's uncontroverted. There is no evidence, no evidence whatsoever that ties me to any any wrongdoing with this or any other thing. Well, there is evidence out there. It's being processed now. Is anything going to come of it? I don't know, but let me tell you, sometimes we like to turn to our media brothers across the ocean one way or the other. Sky News we go to quite a bit because they they have a different perspective and they have access to intelligence information. Their media does. It gives us a little more, a clearer look at some of the things that we talk about here. This is no different. Sky News weighed in on the Hunter Biden laptop. Hunter Biden, the son of Joe Biden, had a laptop. That laptop, well, it went missing. Once it was found, it showed a lobbying operation that showed that Hunter Biden was the beneficiary, obviously, of the relationship that his father had in government. And this was, of course, a story that was denied, not allowed to be talked about. Well, the New York Times, they did a story following up on all of this, and surprise, surprise, now that it all doesn't matter have now confirmed that all of it was true. But there's a bit of gaslighting going on here, and I know you've heard that term a lot, but basically it's when somebody's bullshitting. Now, Juan Williams is a lefty commentator on Fox News, and he said this on the weekend. No, but I I think there's a larger context here, which is that what was this about? What does it prove? Nobody said it wasn't true. That What was said was that you can't authenticate it. Ah, 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 ah. Plenty of people said that it wasn't true. And in fact, if it was anything, it was Russian disinformation. It was lies put out by the Kremlin. This is exactly what the political establishment via things like Politico reported. And they said on television month after month. Really fishy story. The Post claimed that the emails were found on a laptop computer that was brought to a repair shop in Delaware in the spring of 2019. The FBI is now investigating whether those alleged Hunter Biden emails are actually connected to a larger foreign intelligence operation. They may be related to a foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence operation. For all we know, these emails are made up. The information found on the laptop may be part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Part of a Russian uh, disinformation uh, effort. Described by many intelligence experts as having hallmarks. All the hallmark, hallmarks, rather. All the hallmarks of a Russian. Or Russian. Russian disinformation. Russian disinformation. Disinformation campaign. And one of the ways they were able to do that was because 50 former members of the intelligence community decided to sign a letter saying, oh, it's absolute BS. Well, those people lied. And well done to the New York Post for standing up, publishing the story, and calling those liars out. More in a second. Sky News with that report. You heard those reporters. They literally, they all took their orders for talking points from the same source because they were saying the exact same words, even in the exact same phrasing that you could overlay them. What does all this tell you? Do you understand that every time something like this happens, somebody on the left does something wrong and it's going to be buried, the media comes forward and they just become the messengers 
and they attack anybody and everybody that brings any of this information to the blogosphere to make it out in the open so people can analyze and look at it every single time. This laptop story, folks, if it had been brought forward by a real media, an institution in which the people there work solely to find information, truthful information, and give it to the American people without any explanation other than, here are the facts, you decide. If we had that, Joe Biden would not be the President of the United States. Because at the end of this, we're going to get to the end of this now. There are too many people that have seen things, that know things, and it's too late. You can't put the genie back in the bottle, Uncle Joe. You're going to be exposed. Hunter's going to be exposed. And I'm sorry, Mr. President, but it looks like the stuff that is already public record up in Delaware about his tax evasion and the problems there your son is probably looking at jail time. Now, here's the big question. If Hunter Biden gets convicted and ends up getting sentenced to serve jail time, do you think the President of the United States will pardon his own son? You know how close that family is and was. You remember how the president felt about his son, Bo, who tragically died of brain cancer. He has one son left. That's Hunter. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if this thing continues to go down the path at its own and we end up having indictments against Hunter Biden and maybe even against the president, if that should happen, even while the president of the United States is being investigated, He can be charged. Joe Biden will pardon his son. But I got to be honest with you. We pretty much know what we need to know about Hunter Biden. He's a wayward kid. He came up in a family where he had everything. And he just did what he wanted to do. He got what he wanted to get. And his actions show that, his public actions. So you can only imagine what we don't know about. I get that. But here's the thing. Hunter Biden wasn't a United States senator. His dad was. Hunter Biden's not the president of the United States. His dad is. All of the parts of Hunter's goings around the world that apply to this president, our president, need to be exposed and it looks like they're going to be exposed. And I'll, I'll bet you this, there's a lot of evidence, cold, hard, factual evidence that is already available in the hands of many people. Now, that might make you feel good. Finally, we're going to get to the end of this. We're going to be able to get, get this taken care of. And if Joe Biden has done all of this and is guilty of this, he needs to be removed from office. Yeah, that's one perspective, but here's the one that scares me. Just the little bit that we know, the little bitty pieces of information that came off that computer hard drive. Governments around the world have the same information. Governments like Russia, China, North Korea, 
they all have the same information. And a lot of this corruption that is revealed on this hard drive has to do with direct ties and transactions by the governments of those countries. You don't think there are some phone calls that don't go through the White House operator that happen? You don't think these foreign leaders are reaching out to the President of the United States? Just for a second thing, even if it's not about Joe and anything he may have done wrong. You have somebody that Xi Jinping appoints to call Joe Biden on his cell phone after hours and threatens the President of revelations of egregious wrongdoing, illegal activities taken in China and other places that they have evidence, full evidence of, that would send Hunter Biden to prison for a long time, or worse. You don't think Joe Biden wouldn't do what they ask him to do to protect his son? That is the danger of this entire thing. And I promise you folks, that has been happening. How can you explain the hesitance on the part of Joe Biden to do anything concrete militarily in Ukraine? I'm not talking about sending troops. Sending troops is something that he promised over and over again we would never do. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. But he's slow rolling the request, responding to the request of Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, for hardcore military assistance. Yeah, Joe agrees with it publicly, but then he slow plays it. We found out yesterday all those missiles and stuff that we had promised we're going to send, and supposedly Joe Biden had authorized it to happen. They haven't showed up yet. There's no sense of, we got to get this going. We got to get this done. They need this over there. We got to protect them. There's none of that going on. Can you imagine, just picture for a second, a phone call coming out of the Kremlin to Joe at the same number that Xi Jinping's guy calls and says, Joe, you know, we have a lot of information, video, audio, pictures, emails that the American public don't know about that implicate you and your son. We want you to play quiet during this Ukraine invasion and go light on us. Do not give them any opportunity to protect themselves or begin offensive actions against Russian troops, or we're going to release all this to the world. It is no longer a conspiracy, folks. Our president is compromised, and he's compromised not just in one area, but probably in at least half a dozen half a dozen nations on the planet where he is implicated in illegal activity when he was the Senate, the Senator from Delaware, and now the President of Delaware. Pretty sure, pretty sure it's about to break wide open. And of course, we're on top of it. But it's interesting to get an explanation for why the hesitancy on the part of this president in this Ukraine situation, this invasion. Speaking of that, we have some news from Ukraine, Ukraine and Russia. We'll get to that in a few minutes. And boy, we've got some other big breaking news too. 
Thank you for being here today at TNN Live. We'll back in two minutes. Yo, some people think it don't make sense that I'm a horse whisperer. Fancy prance, yo. But you know what else don't make sense? Bye. I mean, it's good for you, but still somehow tastes amazing. Sideways fancy prance, you heard? Yeah. Clippity clop, clippity clop. Yo, I just whispered all of y'all. Too easy. Bye. Five calories, antioxidants, and tastes amazing? None of this makes sense. Papa John is not interested in quality. He's obsessed with it. Because Papa John's a pizza maker. It's what he does. That's why you've got Papa's Quality Guarantee, signed by the man himself. Love your pizza, or we'll deliver another absolutely free. It's my guarantee. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. And right now, save 25% when you spend 25 pounds or more online. Car's all yours. Thanks. Cars.com's expert reviews made it easy, but... Shouldn't there be more back and forth? You missed the drama, right? Yeah. Maybe this will do the trick. Oh, it's a puppy. Not a puppy, a wolf. What now? He's a wolf. And that is its incredibly protective mother. Put the wolf down. You guys good? Yeah, we're good. Yep. Okay. Get the right car without all the drama. Cars.com. All drive, no drama. explain <laughs> this commercial that you just heard. This is a kid's orchestra that is trying to play Rhapsody in Blue, <laughs> the great hit. And uh, mom just got a brand new Infinity QX60, a crossover. And she's sitting, at, they're in an outdoor park or something, this orchestra is playing. And she's sitting in her car and in the middle of it, when you hear the crazy, crazy off-key, out-of-key playing of these instruments by this orchestra, she puts the window up so she doesn't have to listen to it. Here it is one more time. Now you'll understand it. Here comes the really bad stuff, really bad. <laughs> Introducing the all new Infinity QX60. Take on life in style. Wow. As politics grow ever more chaotic, remember this truth. When you're taking heavy flack, it usually means you're over the target. Open the Bombay doors. Truthnewsnet.org. Your pilot on this mission, Dan Newman. And boy, it's a, it's a bomb. 
over and over all day long every day. We're fixing to face here in the south some really nasty weather sometime today. And it's going to sweep up the southeast and they say up to the northeast again. We're talking or they're talking about bad tornado possibilities. A lot of rain. Uh, We need rain, but we don't need tornadoes and any kind of wind damage. So we're praying that uh, none of the nation experiences that. So I guess you heard yesterday that the Russians looked like they were pulling back. A lot of people were thinking, ah, they're going to be leaving with their tails tucked. In fact, there were news stories yesterday morning to that very fact. But it looks like it's just kind of a retool thing that's going on. Early this morning, Bridges Intelligence revealed that some of the Russian units facing big losses in Ukraine, what they've done is they've gone home or went to neighboring Belarus while the West, those of us, expressed doubt about Moscow's pledge to scale down military operations around Kiev and Cherniv, two nation, uh, two cities in the northern part of Ukraine. Those Russian units suffered really heavy losses, and they've been forced to return to Belarus and retool to reorganize and resupply. It's just a partial troop withdrawal, it looks like, and it's proof that Russian forces are having some difficulty reorganizing their units in parts of Ukraine, and it's likely to pressure already strained Russian military logistics change. It's interesting, folks. We've watched, we've seen, and we've heard reports of these uh, Russian soldiers who don't want to be there. They don't understand the war. They were lied to. They were told there were other reasons for them to invade Ukraine other than Vladimir Putin just wanting to take over Ukraine. And when they find out they haven't gotten the truth and they've been lied to, I I can only imagine what goes through a Russian soldier's head when he looks at what's in front of him. I mean, these Ukrainian people are tough. They're doing anything but laying down in the face of this Russian invasion. And so these Russian soldiers, when they find out the truth, they basically say, we're over here fighting for nothing except the pride of our ruthless former KGB president, Vladimir Putin. Many of them just deserted. They just took off. But we we saw pictures of and heard stories of these Russian soldiers shooting bullets into the gas tanks of the tanks that they were supposed to be driving in this invasion of Ukraine, disabling the tanks so they couldn't go forward, and they just turned around and went home. So um, the troops, the Russian troops that are involved in this are more than just a little bit concerned. It's going to be interesting to watch. Maybe they're going to retool. I don't think those people are going to change the minds, the ones that are out there in front and the ones that, uh, when they saw the truth, that word spreads, folks. They're telling their fellow Russian military members, hey, this is not a cause that we thought we were fighting for. What we were told is going on over here isn't factually going on. We don't need to be doing this. It's going to be interesting to see how the Russian media handled this. Of course, it's all controlled by Vladimir Putin. You remember President Biden got in trouble when he was over there in Poland, talking to those U.S. military members that were there as part of NATO, NATO troops over there, 
And our president, on mic, he talked to some of our soldiers and he told them, he prepared them for what they're going to see as they go into Ukraine in battle. He said that. Now, wait a minute. Haven't we been told all along we're not putting any military members on the ground in Ukraine? We're not going to do what happened in Afghanistan. It would be just another Afghanistan, Joe Biden said. Well, the president did say that on camera. It was broadcast around the world, and everybody, including Vladimir Putin, are like, what the heck is going on? Is the U.S. joining Ukraine in this pushback against our invasion? So from the Pentagon, a general had to step out and clarify things. His name is General Todd Walters. He's head of the U.S. European Command and NATO Supreme Allied Commander Europe. He kind of walked back what Joe Biden said when he said that the United States is training Ukrainian forces in Poland. The general said this, and I'm going to quote him. I do not believe that we are in the process of currently training military forces from Ukraine in Poland. There are liaisons that are there. They're being given advice, and that's different than I think what you're referring to with respect to training. Training. Now, when Joe Biden said that, media pushed back against him. And uh, Fox News' Peter Ducey, he actually got a chance to ask the president in an unemotional, face-to-face way, do we have soldiers, American soldiers, on the ground that are going to fight in Ukraine? And so when the media asked him about that later, he said, the president said, quote, I was referring to being with and talking with the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. The Pentagon yesterday, they clarified that U.S. troops in Poland are just liaisons, and they are liaising. That's a comfortable word. Oh, no, I'm just liaising. (laughs) They're liaising with Ukrainian forces as they hand over weapons to them. In other words, these NATO soldiers, which happen to be American in this case, they're giving weapons to the Ukrainian military members. It's not training in the classic sense that many people think of training. I would just say it's liaising. First time in my life I've heard that word used. I knew it was out there, Uh, but uh, I haven't heard it used. So in the big scheme of things, are you like me? Do you ever just go back when you start looking at details and you get really deep into finding out things or learning more about it and you get tired mentally or emotionally? I do what I call going back up to the 30,000-foot level where I can look across a bigger picture of the landscape below me. I may not be able to get the same information, the same evidence, the exact way that I get it when I'm at ground level, but I can take a a little time to relax a little bit and think through things. That's what I'm doing during this show every day. I'm trying to find perspectives. When someone says, hey, that book over there, the cover is black, plain black, and then they keep pounding on that. Don't you dare try to tell somebody it's not black, that it's dark gray or dark green or dark blue. It's not any of those. That book 
dang it, is black. When they beat over and over on something, kind of like what you heard in the uh, the sound bites that we played for you, where the mainstream media, in that potpourri of reports we heard, I think included were NBC, ABC, for sure CNN and MSNBC. And you could do an overlay of the audio. Every one of them were saying the exact same things in the exact same way, and you could overlay them, and it was exactly the same. What they're doing is in a coordinated way, they're hiding the truth. They're hiding the truth. Many times the truth is out there, but they just want to demean anybody that picks that nugget of truth up and throws it out for us to see or hear, like the black book. If they harp over and over again on how black that book is and who who can say, how can any idiot look at that book and say the cover's not black? Well, from the 30,000-foot level, folks, when you see that happening over and over again without knowing factually that it's not so, you can pretty well surmise that that book cover is not black. That's the world in which we live. Facts are out there, but we rarely get the facts. The cold, clean, clear facts that aren't colored with a political opinion or perspective from the mainstream media or whoever they are talking to from this administration that are supposed to be giving us facts. And even when they get the true evidence, just true facts, bare-naked facts, They then paint it with their perspective when they report it to us. I don't know about you, but I get sick and tired of going through this every day. They're relentless. And sadly, very seldom do they really get down and come to the facts of a controversial issue and give us the facts when they discover it. Even if they're the ones that come forward with it, they don't give you any details. They just say, we know factually. Here's what's going on. Bam. No sources. It's just their word. That doesn't happen very often. I'm sure you'll agree. Especially when it comes to the big lie. Oh my gosh, you're going back to January 6th last year. Just quickly, you know, they keep telling us to this day, you hear it all the time, Donald Trump was the author of the big lie. The election was stolen from him over and over and over again. Mainstream media all over it. And what they've done is they've turned the corner and anytime anybody mentions it, they just blow them away, just blow them off. They don't even want to talk about it. We've reported here now from five different states from actual government entities within those states that have gone back and there was in all five of the states rampant election wrongdoing and in many cases the wrongdoing was fraudulent. So overnight, this came out from Wisconsin. 10 trillion unique cell phone pings were used to reconstruct the movements of ballot box intermediaries in Wisconsin in the 2020 election. 
Now, pings, what that is, is cell phone locations. So in other words, if you want to track somebody and you have the equipment and you go back and you can look at a time during this time period, you can follow that cell phone that you have the number for and find out where it goes. So Wisconsin, believe it or not, election watchdogs used this. They had the records. They went back and mapped it out. What did they find? At least 137,500 absentee ballots. Now, this would be evidenced by the pings because those go to ballot drop boxes, right? 137,500 of those were cast through unlawful vote trafficking throughout several of Wisconsin's largest cities in the election. Now, this comes from the Assembly's Committee on Campaigns and Elections by the public interest organization True the Vote. In other words, the Wisconsin legislation said, we got to get to the bottom of this. And so they did. What is ballot trafficking? Well, it's, it's a process. Some call it ballot harvesting. It's been a big deal in California for years and years and years. Ballot trafficking is an activity in which those absentee ballots and votes are solicited. Sometimes they even pay for them or other valuables. When they get them in their hands, they're collected through a process called harvesting. And what do they do with them? They drive around town and deliver them to those drop boxes. And often the intermediary, intermediaries that are driving the cars and collecting them or whatever are often paid a per ballot fee by whoever is putting this hack, this illegal operation in place. And organized crime against Americans. That's how TTV cyber expert Greg Phillips described what is going on in Wisconsin and what happened and elsewhere in Wisconsin and other places in the 2020 election. He did a 15-month study of election practices in Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Texas, Michigan. And he estimates that at least 4.8 million votes were trafficked nationally. 4.8 million. Now, according to the True the Vote report, 242 of those intermediaries in Metro Atlanta made 5,668 stops at drop boxes during elections in late 2020. Did you get that? 242 people in a car going from drop box to drop box and stuffing ballot boxes with 5,668 different packages of ballots. In its report, the report said it obtained 4 million minutes of drop box video. The surveillance tape helped to document its Georgia findings. Many of the traffickers we spoke with do not recognize they're doing this as being a problem. In Arizona, let's go west, 202 intermediaries made 4,282 separate visits to ballot boxes in Maricopa County alone. If you don't know where Maricopa County, Arizona is, it's Phoenix. Phoenix. Several Arizonans have since been indicted 
for election law violations with at least one conviction so far. Phillips told this committee that in the states that they studied, TTV purchased from commercial brokers 10 trillion unique cell phone identity signals called pings. Human rights organization First Freedoms funded the time-consuming and costly project. They use a technique called geospatial mobile device signal analysis. Phillips said researchers are able to reconstruct a four-dimensional pattern of life of these cell phone holders. From these pings, it can be determined where you work, where you sleep, even what floor you're on within inches. So this Wisconsin study focused primarily on the Milwaukee County area. Milwaukee's the big country, uh, big city in the state. Some partial initial data coming from Racine and Green Bay where the study will soon be further expanded. In those three areas, those cell phone ping researchers found that in two weeks from October 20th through November 3rd, the day of the election, 138 individuals each visited the location of a non-governmental organization at least five times and made a combined total of 3,588 trips to the absentee ballot drop boxes. That's an average of 26 trips per person to drop boxes in Milwaukee. Is this evidence of fraud? The big question. And that's the question that was asked by committee member Lisa Subic, who's a Democrat. Vote trafficking is being done through the process. It is illegal. That was the answer of Ingobrecht, who stated that every vote cast illegally cancels the vote of a legitimate voter. In Wisconsin, the law that supposedly takes care of this, it's Statute 6.87, Paragraph 4B, provides that an absentee ballot envelope in which the cast absentee ballot is placed must be, quote, mailed by the elector or delivered in person to the municipal clerk that issues the ballot or the ballots. The Circuit Court in Waukesha County Wisconsin has agreed holding that use of drop boxes for absentee voting violates Wisconsin law. Drop boxes, if they're unattended by a municipal clerk or in an unauthorized location, are illegal under Wisconsin law. The law is currently being challenged in Wisconsin Supreme Court. So um, enough about that. Think about the process that it took to uncover this rampant criminality in Wisconsin during the election, November 2020. Think about, they had to come up with several trillion pings of cell phones to be able to do it. You don't think that the people that put this in place, that funded this, you don't think they knew how difficult it would be to come back and find out if this fraudulent activity actually happened? It was a very coordinated and premeditated process that changed the results of the 2020 election. Not just in Wisconsin. We have Arizona's numbers. We have numbers from Michigan. We have numbers from Atlanta. You just heard them. And we have numbers from Pennsylvania. And folks, when you put all those together, 
there are plenty of vote results there that are sufficient to cause decertification of the certified results in every one of those five states. I'm serious. Is that going to happen? Heck no. I mean, think about trying to put the genie back in that bottle. (laughs) It isn't going to happen. But what must happen is the nation's got to awaken and understand election fraud does happen. It did happen. And we got to make darn sure that it doesn't happen in our individual states in this next election, this 22 midterm election. We got to stop it. We don't tell you what to think, but we give you truth to think about. This is TNN, the The Truth Truth News Network. Network. Truthnewsnet.org. I'm Chad Hall, and I'm here with the first ever Silverado ZR2. This is probably the first time you've seen this truck, but I've been racing a prototype version for over a year. We just inspired this pre-production truck you see behind me. Let's go see what it'll do. Copy. It's got phenomenal power, acceleration, good ground clearance, skid protection, and you've got the Multimatic GSSV shocks, so it's just going to be that much more of a fun truck. You want to go a little faster? Go for it. Copy. It's an amazing truck. You're going to want to get your hands on one. It seems like every summer starts with a song. Maybe it's one we heard on the radio during our morning drive. Or maybe it was playing in the cafe we ducked into for lunch. Wherever they catch us, certain songs seem to take us away. Songs of waves and sand, of forests and hillsides, of growing up and growing old. Songs that get in our heads and make us smile as we hum them to ourselves. Songs of the sun coming up and the ragtop going down, of friends we just met, and the ones we'll have for life. Songs that define the moments, like the ones we find in Michigan, where we take our someday list and start to check things off. A day spent gliding on a sailboat, floating on a pontoon, and climbing over that next hill. A rhythm that takes us somewhere better, somewhere like pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Sometimes it's just downright tiring to go through this stuff. I mean, it's like it's evil, it's wicked, it's lawlessness, it's cheating. And it's being done by the very people that take an oath, pledge in that oath to protect and defend the laws of our land. And then they're out there breaking them themselves. It's unconscionable to think this kind of stuff is happening, but folks, it is. It's happening. And we can stop it if we put up a fuss and we make sure that our people, our local election people, and at our state level, they know we're watching them. Let me give you a a little example of what we're doing here in Louisiana. Our Secretary of State, who happens to be a Republican, is in the pocket of Dominion voting systems. We went through a year 
of back and forth, of strife, of bickering. And this guy's a Republican. Kyle Ardwin, A-R-D-O-I-N is his name. And he supervised legislation that he actually wrote himself that gave him unilateral, unsolicited power to contract the state of Louisiana to allow Dominion voting systems to operate our election systems. Even when he knew that Dominion has been purchased by an entity that is controlled by the Communist Chinese Party. And he did it in public eyes. Everybody in the state knew about it. We put up fights. We put up fusses. I had a conversation off the record with my congressman. You hear him here quite a bit. Mike Johnson. And in the the off-the-record conversation, he told me he had gotten face-to-face with Kyle Ardwan on this situation, and he got no results. I I won't go into the details of the conversation because it was an off-the-record conversation. But folks, there is so much power, so much push, so much money across the nation to get control of the election processes that determine the outcome of who governs our nation. And, of course, the Constitution says all elections got to be operated locally by local governments, state governments, and then the results are passed upstream to determine the identities and the structure of the United States Congress, both houses and the presidency. There There are so many diversities of people and things and operations and systems and processes and that whole thing, and it's in 50 different locations. It's easy to get your hands on and corrupt at the low level that all flows uphill. It's easy to cheat, and it's rampant, and it's being controlled in states now. I don't know which ones for sure. I know there are more than a dozen. It's being controlled or at least manipulated by thousands, millions of dollars that are flowing into those states from Dominion voting systems. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's not a Danism. <laughs> That's a Bibleism. In our state, that's what made the difference. That's all I'm going to say about it. Meanwhile, Americans are looking on, and we're finally, finally, finally admitting we got deep, deep trouble at the top of the heap. NBC News, of all places, just released a poll that they conducted that shows 72% of the Americans they polled, 72% have little or no confidence in Joe Biden's ability to de-escalate Russia-Ukraine in this border tensions thing. In the poll, when asked how much confidence the sample audience of 1,000 voters had in Biden's crisis management, 44%, very little confidence. 27%, a little bit of confidence. Only 12% had a great deal of confidence in his ability. Now, this poll was conducted jointly by Hart Research Associates and Public Opinion Strategies, and of course NBC. 
It found 83% of voters were concerned about the cost of gas and other goods and services. 11% weren't concerned. I Who could those 11% be that don't give a rip? The very wealthy? No, it's just somebody that's not plugged in. 5% said they're not at all concerned. So despite this cost-conscious sentiment that's flowed through the nation justifiably, 79% of voters still agree with Biden's ban on Russian oil that pretty much caused gas prices to soar, although they were already up a dollar a gallon. Only 17 disagreed, 4% were unsure. Overall, 55% disapproved of the Democrats' performance in the Oval Office. That would be Joe Biden. In comparison to just 40% approved, representing the lowest mark of his presidency, according to NBC News. The approval rate was previously 43% back in January. What this poll says is that President Biden and Democrats are headed for a, a catastrophic election. The poll was conducted between March 18th and 22nd. That, of course, is in the middle of this Russian invasion of Ukraine. And people are paying much, much closer attention to things going on. You know, when something very big is happening, you're going to watch it and listen. And you're going to get more news, more information, because you're going to be plugged in more so. Well, good news for conservatives coming out of Florida today. It was announced yesterday. More people are registered in Florida as Republicans than are their Democrat counterparts in the state of Florida. For the first time, the first time, the Sunshine State is home to more GOP supporters than those who vote for Democrats. Here's the official numbers. Over 10,000, excuse me, over 101,000 more voter registrations than the Democrats at the end of 2021. 101,000. That's a big jump. Now, we've we've talked to and we've had several of those election people in the GOP down in Florida, specifically in the Miami area. And this didn't just happen, folks. They've been out beating the bushes, and all they are doing is just giving voters factual information. You don't have to paint it. I mean, anybody can look at what's going on and see where the fault lies. It's not all Joe Biden's fault, but a big majority of it is. And if you want to fix something and change something, you got to change something. What do we always say? Nothing's going to change if nothing changes. All of that applies to all of these things we discuss here every day with you at Truth News Network. If you want to fix it, you got to change something. It's not going to It's not going to change if you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Coronavirus vaccine, back in the news today. A federal district court granted a motion that would treat all sailors that have filed religious objections in the Navy to Biden's Pentagon vaccine mandate as part of a single-class in a lawsuit brought against the agency by First Liberty on behalf of 35 Navy SEALs. Now follow with me. The judge in this case is Reed O'Connor, 
for the district court for the Northern District of Texas. Now, he ruled that the 35 Navy SEALs that are suing the Department of Defense for infringing on their religious freedoms are going to be seen as representatives of all sailors who filed religious objections to the vaccine mandate. What this means is that in addition to the SEALs, whose case is still in litigation and are therefore exempt from separation from the Navy, the DOD cannot separate any sailor that filed a religious objection to the vaccine mandate while the case is pending. How many is that? Close to 4,000. 4,000 in the Navy. This court, same court, had previously blocked the Pentagon from taking any actions against the SEALs, Navy SEALs, in making deployment, assignment, and other operation decisions. But the Supreme Court lifted that injunction last week, which is a setback to the SEALs. However, the Navy still cannot discharge them. Interesting, the the judge said something at his decision. This is Judge O'Connor. He said the court also grants plaintiff's motion for class-wide preliminary injunction, but immediately stays injunction insofar as it precludes the Navy from considering the respondent's vaccination status in making deployment, assignment, and other operational decisions. You know, when I hear this story, when I heard about it last night, Here's the thought that went through my mind. The American people are getting numb to these reports of lawsuits that are filed against the Biden administration for vaccine mandates, all the the particular classifications. It's almost like when you put the whole thing in context, go with me back up to the 30,000 foot level. That's what we're doing here. When you put it all in context, it just looks like our government wants to take total control of every part of our lives, expects us to give up all of our liberties and just let them do everything. Tell us what to do, send us all the money that we get except maybe a few percentage points and just let them do whatever they feel is best for us and we're supposed to walk mind numb down the street every day just whistling and singing a song and just getting along with the government. I mean, folks, it's little thing after little thing after little thing. And each little thing is really not a little thing. They're big things to a bunch of people. Can you remember a time in your life when we had so many lawsuits against the government over things that are supposedly, according to the Constitution, personal decisions that we make as independent people? But the Democrats take power, they have control of the House, the Senate, and the White House, and because of that, their whole mindset changes. They don't have to find a a way to agree with their counterparts across the aisle on anything because they have enough in membership to, to pass every piece of legislation that comes forward. And so, What do they do? They ramp up their disdain for opposition, any opposition. They get louder. They get noisier. And they make sure that they tell us over and over and over again how good things are going here, how good everything is, 
how great a job Joe Biden is, and they talk about specific things in the Biden administration that are going on, and they actually talk like, this thing's great. This is good. Do you know who Hakeem Jeffries is? You remember him from the first Trump impeachment trial. I'm not even sure what state he's from, but he's a representative. And yesterday, in the middle of all of this, what's going on, all the controversy, the laptop, the Russia-Ukraine thing, our rampant inflation, our supply chain problems, gasoline's through the roof. Listen to what Hakeem, Representative Hakeem Jeffries, had to say about the state of the nation. Well, Joe Biden has done a very good job under difficult circumstances as it relates to the economy. Wages are up. And all of that was accomplished while reducing the deficit by more than $350 billion. Republicans lie about the economy, lie about President Biden's record, are lying about the causes of gas prices. They'd rather sort of elevate the pro-Putin wing of the House Republican Conference than blame Vladimir Putin for the price increases that we are seeing at the pump. This is who House Republicans have become, and they have no plan to deal with inflation and to lower costs for everyday Americans. We do. So we're looking forward to sharing with the American people what President Biden and Democrats have accomplished in terms of the economy. And we're going to do something about it this week, and hopefully our Republican colleagues will join us. We're committed Uh, to continuing to make life better for everyday Americans, to get stuff done, to get stuff done for everyday Americans, to help everyday Americans. Hopefully, uh, our Republican colleagues will join us. In the context of what Jeffries had to say there, here's what I want you to think about. It was lie after lie after lie. And, of course, he said it like it's all matter of fact. You would think if you heard it, like I think, oh my gosh, what's this guy thinking? Where is he coming from? He knows this stuff isn't true. You notice the calm, matter-of-fact way he just threw these things out there. Why is he doing that? It's obvious he's telling lies. Everybody knows the specifics of what he had to say there are untrue. Why does he keep saying them? I'll tell you why. Let's listen to it piece by piece. It's just a couple of minutes. And stop and analyze exactly what he said. Well, Joe Biden has done a very good job under difficult circumstances as it relates to the economy. Everybody that has a brain knows Joe Biden has not done anything good with the things regarding our economy. But see, Jeffrey's just on the top of this. This was a talking point. This was organized. This was planned. Somebody gave him this, and he's really good at at talking calm and just making something that he says matter of fact. You and I both know Joe Biden has not done and is not doing a good job on our economy. Wages are up, and all of that was accomplished while reducing the deficit by more than $350 billion dollars. Okay, wages are up. Why are they up? Employees got some raises. 
But the inflation under Joe Biden, under and because of Joe Biden's policies and changes, inflation devours the wages that have gone up and much, much more. He said, Hakeem said, we did all this, Joe Biden did all of this while reducing our deficit by $350 billion. Well, just a little reminder, what happened last year? What caused whatever the deficit was last year? I'll tell you why. It was a couple of huge Biden deals, $1.9 trillion worth of spending that just blew up the deficit. And the previous year, when Donald Trump was in office, what happened then? We spent billions, hundreds of billions of dollars for taxpayers, for U.S. citizens during the coronavirus pandemic. But Hakeem Jeffries just very mildly says, look what Joe Biden did. He erased the deficit of his predecessor. Wow, what a great job. Republicans lie about the economy, lie about President Biden's record, are lying about the causes of gas prices. They'd rather sort of elevate the pro-Putin wing of the House Republican Conference than blame Vladimir Putin for the price increases that we are seeing at the pump. It's because Vladimir Putin, he may be adding to what was there before. He may be adding because of what he's doing over in Ukraine. But folks, before Vladimir Putin had anything to do with the gas prices in America, the gas prices had gone up over a dollar a gallon. Why is that? What's the cause of that? It's Joe Biden's policies, his attack against the fossil fuel industry. He shut down the XL pipeline permit. That was just the beginning of it. Leases for drilling oil, all kinds of things, making it the, the, the red tape that you have to go through if you're a fossil fuel company to drill and do exploration. Behind the scenes, he just tore that all apart. Joe Biden is principal for the cost, the biggest portion of our gas price rises or the direct responsibility of Joe Biden. This is who House Republicans have become. And they have no plan to deal with inflation. That's a bald-faced lie. The plan is go back to where we were, the processes that were working so effectively, reinstate them as quickly as possible. They beat inflation. They created opportunities in employment like never before for everybody from top to bottom of the spectrum and just reinstitute those policies. That's their plan. It worked. It worked until Joe Biden killed it. And to lower costs for everyday Americans. We do. So we're looking forward to sharing with the American people what President Biden and Democrats have accomplished in terms of the economy. And we're going to do something about it this week. And hopefully our Republican colleagues will join us. We're committed. Joe Biden's plans. He says, we want to talk to the American people about what good has happened under Joe Biden's administration 
for economics. The scary piece is, folks, there are millions of people that listen to Hakeem Jeffrey and because they're mind-numbed, because they've been told you don't have a right or you don't have the ability to make a discernment from anything that you're told, so what you've got to do is just listen to what we say. Whatever we say, whatever we tell you, that's the way it is. And just move on with what we say you need to do and how we're going to do it together. And they say, okay, I'm all in. That's the difference between Republicans and Democrats. Republicans will give their people, their followers, their GOP members, they'll give them facts, not coded with a a political narrative, not even a definition or an explanation. Here are the facts. They give them to everybody that listens, Democrats and Republicans. And then they trust those people that hear these things, read these things, have the ability to interpret for themselves what those things mean. If you're a Republican, you're going to have a conservative mindset. Opposite is true of Democrats. There are going to be differences. The differences that happen and are exposed in public life is when Democrats have a conversation with a Republican and they disagree. Republicans initiate a conversation with Democrats. They disagree. The difference is Republicans, they understand, hey, you can have your own opinion. I'm going to have my opinion. I think mine is based on facts. You believe yours are. I'm just going to leave this at we're going to agree to disagree. The opposite of that, the Republicans uh, have talked to Democrats and given them their stand or their status on issues. Democrats don't just think the Republican is wrong. They hate the Republican. They despise the Republican and everything that Republican stands for. That's the difference. And we have watched it un unhinged and explode during just the first year and a couple of months in the Biden administration. Hakeem Jeffries beautifully explained the debacle of the entire fundamental mindset and the operations of the Democrat Party in America today. You need to take note of that. You need to listen to that. You need to think that through and explain it, folks, to your children because they're hearing Hakeem Jeffries and others that give that same spiel. Nobody there to counter it. Nobody there to say, hey, that's wrong. Here's why it's wrong. Then we wonder why when they become teenagers and get in their 20s, they believe these far-left things. It's because they heard it, and we didn't tell them the truth was any different. It's time for a new year, a new you, and a new Volkswagen. Stop by D. Patrick today and check out our entire lineup, like the spacious Atlas with room for everyone, or the not-so-compact compact compact SUV, the Tiguan, and the always popular Jetta and Passat. At D. Patrick, we have a Volkswagen for every budget and every lifestyle. Check out all the Volkswagen models available at dpat.com. Make this year the best year in a new Volkswagen from D. Patrick on Green River Road. People think unusual circumstances means complicated taxes. But for a TurboTax Live expert like me, it just makes things interesting. So, give us everything you've got. What if I'm a professional gamer with a ton of expenses? 
If they help drive views, let's talk deductions. What if I'm in a state with no income tax, but my survival videos are viewed in 38 countries? I can help. And if this is a business dinner, save those jerky receipts. An interesting life can mean an even greater refund. You do your thing. We've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. I love going all natural. It just makes me feel better. Nothing between me and my 100% all-natural, juicy, grass-fed beef. Introducing the all-natural burger, the first ever in fast food. With no antibiotics, no added hormones, and no steroids. Only at Carl's Jr. Getting tired of only spin while looking for just the news? No spin, just truth. Read and hear it every day on TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. Let me ask you this. You know, the proposed budget for next year was released by President Biden two days ago. Have you taken time to look at it or look at bullet points and try to analyze it? All we do, folks, when this comes out, most of us just look at the top line numbers. Okay, it's going to cost this amount. But then we listen to the stick that comes out of the White House about its contents, and we just say, ah, that'll never work. And we leave it right there. Let me just give you a kind of not in the weeds, a little bit above the weeds, maybe the 5,000-foot level. Let me just give you some points about Joe Biden's budget and what he says and what he leaves out. Um, They say, the Democrats say, this budget is about Democrat values. But not one time, not one time anywhere in this budget or even talking about it, does he mention inflation. There's nothing in the budget about the border crisis or our debt crisis He doesn't even mention parents at all in the budget. But he talks about climate change 33 times. He mentions tax, fee, and penalties 120 times in the budget. It all shows that where their values are and how unserious they are about this. You know what's what's worse about the budget? Where he's talking about gasoline prices being so high, He taxes $45 billion in tax for anybody doing energy production. $45 billion. So what does that mean? America gets punished. Your gas prices go higher. It's going to be worse, folks. And our enemies around the world that produce oil and gas, they're going to make taxpayers' money pay for that. Those are just a few of the highlights. When they put out these big bills, you know, 1,000, 2,000 pages, it's difficult at first to get all of the information out of it and data. But when you start looking into it, you get the information that I just gave you. And I'm not through looking at it. I'll, I'll find some more. That's why the Democrats love to bring these omnibus bills in and not even present them to the opposition, the Republicans, in time for them to break them apart and talk to the public about them, they push them to a vote 
And most times they get passed because they have the majority in both houses. And only then do we find out how much uh, is really included in this budget that is really about the lives of the American people and how much of it is for political partisan thuggery, which in the case of Joe Biden in this budget, I would say probably 60% of it has nothing to do with running our nation and helping the American people. But those on the left, they just blow right through it. The defense budget. His defense budget proposes $813 billion national security spending. It includes $773 billion in direct allocations for the military with a bunch of increase in funding designed to counter the growing military threat in the Western Pacific that's presented by China. This will be among the largest investments, he calls it. Anytime they're spending, they call it investing. This will be among the largest investments in our national security in history. Some people don't like the increase, but we're in a different world today. The world's changed. The U.S. is once again facing increased competition from other nation states, China and Russia, which are going to require investments to make things like space and cyber and other advanced capabilities, including hypersonics. It's a 149-page budget, certain to be significantly amended before the fiscal year ends on October 1st. Republicans are vowing to further boost military spending, includes $6.1 billion in funding for the 2023 Pacific Deterrence Initiative, including $900 million for a new missile warning and tracking system to protect Guam. Biden's military budget plan calls for $400 million for the Countering the People's Republic of China Malign Influence Fund, $100 million more than the fiscal year 2022 allocated, included in the 2,741-page, $1.5 trillion fiscal year 2022 appropriations bill that was approved by both chambers less than two weeks ago five months after the fiscal year 2022 began. Now, I gave you that verbatim for you to understand how the legislation happens and how the politicization of all these things happen. You hide all the bad things. You don't want to talk about much of the good things. But when you do, that's all you mention. You don't talk about any challenges You don't talk about anything negative whatsoever. You just put it out there knowing that a huge chunk of the nation is going to take it all at face value. You don't have to do any work anymore. You can just move on down the road. So you heard at the top of the show, you heard from that former Border Patrol chief about the numbers of illegals that this year are making their way to the nation. The population of illegal immigrants in the U.S. jumped by 1.1 million in Joe Biden's first year. That's according to a report released by the Center for Immigration Studies. We call it CIS, C-I-S. So yesterday they made an announcement distributing to the press 
proofs that the data from the Department of Homeland Security is from 2018. So it used the federal government's household survey to get more current information about the number of illegals inside the country. Data from the survey showed illegal alien population was 11.4 million in January this year. The center's preliminary population estimates for February is 11.5 million. The number of illegals grew dramatically as a result of Biden's policies, which released most of the people encountered at the border, stopped interior enforcement. Absent a change in policy, it seems certain our illegal immigrant population will continue to grow rapidly. That is an expert talking. That's somebody that understands it. It's from the Center of Immigration Studies, CIS, and they're not going to do anything about it. Joe Biden is not going to change one scintilla, his word. One, not one scintilla of anything is going to be done to deter illegals. These people that come from these countries that are ravaged, they can't get jobs, their kids are being assaulted sexually. We got to give them a new life. Why not just do it legally? Novel idea, huh? We don't talk very much about coronavirus anymore. I guess that's a good thing. That means we're not having people dying left and right like they were. We're hearing news that there may be another variant in the wind. Very quietly, but very demonstrably over the weekend, Dr. Anthony Fauci told us, get ready, get ready, don't get complacent. There's going to be another attack from coronavirus. You be listening to us. Don't listen to the fragments out there. Don't don't listen to the detractors out there because they're going to tell you none of the stuff we're doing is working. Well, right now today, there are a few thousand people aboard one of Princess Cruz's ships, the Ruby Princess, 100% vaccinated, full staff and passengers. Everybody on board, everybody on board has COVID. <laughs> I'm not snickering because somebody's sick. I'm snickering because... of the mainstream guideline for how to keep from getting COVID-19, 100% of its effectiveness is gone. It failed. We were misguided. It was never going to work in the first place. Every passenger on this ship, the Ruby Princess, and every crew member was double vaccinated. Every person on the cruise ship contracted COVID-19. How could that possibly happen if they're all double-vaxxed? How could it happen? There's only one explanation for it. You know what it is, but you can't say it because then you're a conspiracy theorist. Well, I'm going to be a conspiracy theorist and tell you it's because the vaccinations don't work. They're not effective. They don't stop the sharing 
of COVID-19, they don't stop getting the infection. Vaccinations are not the answer. And if you look at case studies, folks, this should be the case numbers that say we were wrong. We were wrong. There may be some good in these vaccines. I don't think there is, but I'm not a doctor. We've had doctor after doctor on this show testifying they're not good for you. There are damaging things within it that change DNA, all of that that is still termed to be conspiracy theory, even though laboratory testing proves it's truthful. They just want to keep going. Dr. Fauci warned there's another pandemic on the way. His exact words, there's a pandemic on the way. How would he know that? Why would he say that? We haven't been living through a pandemic-to-pandemic situation. I know we haven't. Why would they think we're there now? Unless maybe something is manipulated. Uh Uh-oh. Conspiracy, conspiracy. You know what? I think Dr. Fauci is going to be right. I think there is something big in the wind, and I think it's man-made, and I think he knew about it, knows about it, probably was part of it, And he likes to showboat a lot in front of a television camera. And I think his doing so this past weekend was purposeful. So when it happens, and I believe it's going to happen, he'll be able to say, here I am. I'm Anthony Fauci. I warned you. I'm the COVID God. You didn't listen to me, and now you're all going to die. That may be a little extreme but I think the context of it is true. Let's switch gears. The Oscars that happened over the weekend. Now they happened, what, Monday night? Anyway, you know, the Oscars were out there. And the only thing that I heard from the Oscars, other than the fact that their ratings were horrible, was the fight that wasn't a fight. Chris Rock was the host of the show. He's up on the stage. He's making a joke and not directed at Will Smith's wife who has that disease where your hair falls out. She has that, but it looked like he was making a joke. Chris Rock was making a joke about Will Smith's wife. Will Smith got up, walked up on the stage and slapped, slapped him in the face, Chris Rock, and then Will Smith just turned around and walked back and sat down in his seat. So the whole world's been abuzz about this now for three days. And somebody who has garnered a lot of respect through a lot of years, NBA legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He came out yesterday, and, you know, there are a lot of people, I was one of them. I thought it was fake. I thought it was staged. I thought it was the Oscars trying to get back some credibility that they've lost through the years, and they wanted to make something that was a public thing so everybody would look in. In a post on his Substack page titled, Will Smith Did a Bad, Bad Thing, Jabbar charged Smith with perpetuating stereotypes about the black community and creating a threatening atmosphere for comedians. Jabbar said this, When Will Smith stormed onto the Oscar stage, to strike Chris Rock for making 
uh, a joke about his wife's short hair, he did a lot more damage than just to Rick's face. The Laker icon wrote, with a single petulant blow, he advocated violence, diminished women, insulted the entertainment industry, and perpetuated stereotypes about the black community. He posted in reaction to what happened there. Chris Rock was on stage at the Dolby Theater to present the award for documentary feature. Rock cracked a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's bald head, saying she looked like she belonged in G.I. Jane 2. As we told you, Smith then stormed onto the stage, appeared to slap Rock across the face. Wow, Will Smith just smacked the S-H-I-T out of me, Chris Rock said. Smith took to his seat and appeared to mouth the words, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. That's what was going on. Another attempt to rationalize or explain away why Smith did it is that he was acting bravely in defense of his wife. Unfortunately, Jabbar is unmoved by this as well. Actually, it was the opposite, he said. Smith's slap was a slap to women. If Rock had physically attacked Pinkett Smith, Smith's intervention would have been welcome. But by hitting Chris Rock, he announced that his wife was incapable of defending herself against words. I love that. Against words. From everything I'd seen of Pinkett Smith over the years, she's a very capable, tough, smart woman who can single-handedly take on a lame joke at the Academy Awards show. Can you believe this is dominating the news? We have people getting shot and killed, buildings blown up, houses blown up, all kinds of things happening like that in the world, and we're concentrating, and you and I are talking about right now the Academy Awards, and we didn't talk about any of the winners, any of the losers, none of that. We talked about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. That's the big news that comes out of the Oscars. Yeah, I guess it's true. The Oscars are are in the tank, folks. There's no there there. And Americans, as you know, we always look for the there there, right? The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it? What the hell is wrong with this blasted thing? Amanda! But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids have bought me a busted machine again. That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the weather. Allegra, what is the weather outside? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. What about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny. I don't know about that. The latest in sports. Clarissa, how many did old Satchel strike out last night? Satchel Paige died in 1982. How many did he get? Satchel Paige is dead. He what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Paige. Oh. I don't know about that. Even local news and pop culture. Anita. What them boys up to across the street? They are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing? 
Yes, they are just playing. I don't know about that. Here are the smart devices like your thermostat. Alessandra, turn the heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. Are you trying to kill me, Alize? The new Amazon Echo Silver plays all the music they loved when they were young. Angela, play black jazz. Playing, uh, jazz. It also has a quick scan feature to help them find things. Emilia, where did I put the phone? The phone is in your right hand. And it has an uh-huh feature for long rambling stories. So then I gave him five dollars, and he said I only gave him one dollar. Uh-huh. I said, I know I gave you a five. Uh-huh. Because I only had a five and a one only. Uh-huh. And this is the one dollar right here. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you tell me who's crazy. Amazon Echo Silver. Get yours today. I said get yours today. To order Amazon Echo Silver, send a check or money order to Amazon.com right now. Isn't that the craziest commercial you've ever heard? I actually have people that have uh, called, they've sent emails asking for a copy of that Amazon Echo commercial, which we, we have sent out. Anyway. Back to business as usual. You know, you haven't heard a whole lot about Lindsey Graham. You know, the senator from South Carolina. He's uh, he's getting a little bit uh, testy on politics and big issues of late. He's already under fire for what he said about the Ukraine-Russia conflict. He's now risking angering conservative voters again because he's backing a bill that's going to give legal sanction to collusion between big media, and big tech, which will empower corporate media giants like CNN and the New York Times at the expense of independent creators to work and do things together. Now, let me give you the details of it. it this is a bill that's out there. It's called the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, JCPA. It does the opposite of what it promises. It protects discredited media companies from competition by allowing them to form a legal cartel that will bargain with Silicon Valley and will dominate content. If it passes, big media companies are going to be able to strike deals with Facebook, Google, Twitter, and even other tech giants that would prioritize their content and it'll push the podcasters, the YouTubers, Substack authors, and other forms of independent media to the back of the bus. The corporate media is very unpopular with Republican voters. Just 35% of the GOP say they have a lot or some trust in national news organizations compared to 78% of Democrats. Republican members of Congress regularly criticize the liberal media for its bias, but here's Senator Graham, as well as a number of other Republican senators, including Cynthia Loomis, Susan Collins, Rand Paul, John Kennedy, are now backing a bill that would give big news corporations an unfair advantage over their competitors. Graham co-sponsored the bill. It comes at a time when the South Carolina senator, he's facing across the aisle accusations of recklessness, including from his own colleagues 
for his statements on Russia. Ted Cruz recently rebuked Graham after he called for the assassination of Vladimir Putin. Now, Graham did get support from one Republican politician, a notorious trump aider Representative Adam Kinzinger, Republican of Illinois. He's the only Republican other than Liz Cheney on the January 6th committee. So backing this JCPA, Graham also finds himself on the opposite side of Republican leaders in the House. Kevin McCarthy, the GOP leader, called the JCPA the antithesis of conservatism. Jim Jordan has warned it would give the media cartel power. This is what's going on right now in Congress, and this is what Americans have got to understand and get vocal about. We've got to do that, and we have to force, however and whatever it takes, our politicians to work for us. That's a wrap on the show today, folks. We ran out of time. Thank you for being here every day. Make sure you go to the front page of the website today, truthnewsnet.org. Great article up there. You see a good article there. There's a blockbuster article that will go live in the morning at truthnewsnet.org that I pinned. Make sure you check it out. Have a great day. Back tomorrow at TNN Live. She was chaining up on me From the game she was singing in my ear You were